Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefn Hearley and you're listening to the Sports Preview Show here on the podcast. It is episode 231 of Leitrim Daily and it is county final weekend. It's a massive weekend for four of the clubs taking part in the county finals this weekend at senior and intermediate level. There are some other sports going on as well. We will talk about those in the show before we get into the nuts and bolts of the county finals and who's taking part and who is expected to win those games over the next two days. Today's show is sponsored by CrossFit Carrick and Shannon. Thank you very much for your continued support of what we're doing here at Leitrim Daily. Now, of course, all roads lead to Parkshaw McDermott at both Saturday and Sunday for the intermediate and senior finals. Split apart this year for the first time because of COVID and to increase the numbers who can get to the games, obviously limited to 200 people total, which is 100 supporters per club. And I know people have been frantically looking for tickets over the last couple of days. And I hope everyone who needs to get to the games on Sunday and Saturday manages to get a hands on a ticket. It's going to be like Goldust. Forget All-Ireland Finals. Get an intermediate final ticket seems to be the biggest challenge of the lot. Uh, Sunday afternoon, of course, is the traditional time for the county final, and this year is no different. 2.30, the throw-in for that clash between Mull and St. Mary's, a standalone fixture, of course, nothing else before it, which will be a little bit different. There won't be a lot of the razzmatazz that we expect because of the COVID regulations, but I'm sure the teams won't mind. It'll come down to 60 minutes of football one way or another. Later in the show, we're going to be hearing from both sides. We'll be joined by Matt Gaffey, a famous manager of St. Mary's and Mull, but predominantly uh, recognised as Mull, uh, given he was the principal in the school there, as well as having an involvement in nearly every team that came through that club over the last 50 years. He first won that championship as a manager back in 1971, and then 36 years later, won it with the St. Mary's in 2007. So two senior championships to his name, those two clubs. And it's very appropriate to have him on the show later in the programme. We'll also be joined by a rather unique set of men later in the show from St. Mary's. And they are namely Kevin Glancy, Kevin McKenna and Jean Bohan. And they're all, I suppose, they stand out because... They were on that 1995 championship winning team of St Mary's that did get to the Connacht club final against Cora Finn. But also, they're also dads of current players, namely James Glancy, Paddy McKenna and Oshin Bohan, who of course will be injured for the game on Sunday, as most people who are following the sport will know. We'll be talking to the three lads about the differences between playing and then acting as dads to members of the team but also uh, supporting and being involved in the differences in the game over the last 25 years. It's an interesting enough interview. And then I suppose the bit of fun we had was to do with the intermediate final. And that, of course, was always going to be a bit of a lark when we invited Derek Kelleher into the uh, studio here. You can catch the full video of all of those three interviews on our YouTube channel over the weekend. The intermediate one is already live and the senior ones will be going up this evening. So keep an eye out for that. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube to Leitrim Daily's account if you want to get those interviews first and before anybody else sees them. Um, there is plenty of other sport going on. It's not just about the county finals, although they will dominate today's show. But a full rundown through the fixtures sees that senior football championship final taking place on Sunday with a throw in at 3.30, Mull and St Mary's in that particular clash, while the intermediate game throws in at 4.30 on Saturday also in Parkshaw McDermott, 
Anna Duff and Gord Lettre. They'll be reliving the 2004 Senior Championship Final as they clash to decide which of them will go back to senior football for the 2021 season. Uh, the best luck to both teams. As I said, we'll be joined by Donald Fox of Anna Duff and Derek Keller of Gord Lettre to talk about all things and the rivalries between the two. There's so many links, uh, but we'll be talking mainly about the 2004 final and everything that came with that. Uh, both those games, of course, live on the live stream from Leitrim GAA. You can check that out, live.leitrimgaa.ie. I think this weekend pass for both finals is €18. Euro. So it's cheaper than a county final ticket on its own in normal circumstances. And, of course, you can gather the whole family around the TV. So it's great value. And I know um, it's a fantastic service that's been provided by the, the lads involved with the Leitrim GA streaming service to Brendan Doyle and his team um, I know Martin Costlow, Con Doyle and also his commentary team of John Lynch and Martin McGowan and I'm delighted to say after having done the ladies final with them last week I've been invited in to do a, a sideline reporter so I'll be part of that team on Sunday and I'm really really looking forward to, to being up close and personal with those teams through the, the game on Sunday and Saturday. In terms of other Gaelic football fixtures over the weekend, uh, one in ladies football, the Connacht Junior Championship quarterfinal takes place at 12 noon on Saturday and that is, of course is the Leitrim Intermediate Champions, Muhl, and they will play Owen Rua of Sligo in Muhl on Saturday afternoon. Again, it is behind closed doors, small number of tickets available, check with the club before you make plans to attend the game. Two Junior B games, also a relegation playoff between Phoenix and Collins and Kiltubbard. That throws in 5pm on Saturday evening, while a Junior B playoff, that's a playoff for a place in a semi-final, effectively a quarter-final of the competition, Drumcuran versus St Mary's, that game also 5pm on Saturday evening. Check leitrimga.ie for all the updates to all of those games, leitrimlgfa.ie for the ladies' football updates as well. In terms of soccer, we have some National League action, and Dervilla Burns going to have a busy Saturday. She has that uh, intermediate game, or junior game, should I say, the Connacht Junior game, with Muhl on Saturday afternoon at 12, but she'll also be lining out for Piemount on Saturday evening. Uh, between They play top of the table, Shelburne, in a, a real title decider, effectively. It's very early in the season to be talking like that, but I think it's going to put one hand on the league trophy. Those two teams have been the dominant teams in the last couple of months and, and also over the last couple of seasons. They've swapped league titles. So uh, the best luck to Derville and her P-Match United side as they go for glory on Saturday evening and really putting themselves back into that title race in the Women's National League. Niall Moran back into the Sligo Rovers squad after his suspension. They travel to Waterford tomorrow evening with a 5pm kickoff in a must-win game for them if they want to keep their European hopes alive. Uh, Waterford a point ahead of them in the league table. A win would put four points between the sides and it would mean that they would be four points off that European spot with only five games remaining in the league title. So it might put it behind them if they can't beat Waterford tomorrow. But the best of luck to Niall and his teammates in that particular game. While Longford, they face El Clasico this weekend, their own El Clasico against Athlone, Midlands Derby. They travelled to Athlone tonight, 7.45 kickoff in Athlone Town Stadium and uh, promises to be a pretty good game. I've got my hands on a ticket for that, so I'm really excited to be back out at a live game, uh, a live soccer game, for the first time in what feels like years, but it's actually only six months, but still, it's it's going to be good to get back out on a under the floodlights on a Friday night. I can't wait. In terms of local soccer, some other games taking place this weekend. One game on Saturday evening, all the Leitrim teams at home 
Drumahair versus Chaffpool United in the Premier League of the Sligo Leitrim District League, while on Sunday morning, Manor Rangers host Balasadere United in the Super League clash. They'll be hoping to retain uh, their unbeaten status and, and go and uh, push themselves back up towards the top of that table, while Carrick Town also unbeaten there in the Premier League. They host St. John's at 11am on Sunday morning. All those games, of course, subject to COVID regulations. Please check with the clubs before you attend and make sure that it's okay to do so. There are a couple of rugby games taking place over the weekend as well that affect local clubs. Carrick and Shannon, they host Craig's seconds team in the Curly Cup Pool 2 fixture. That's on Sunday at 14.30, 2.30pm kickoff. Well, at the same time in the Cawley Cup, which is for the, the higher junior grade teams in Pool 1, Sligo Seconds make the long journey over to Connemara for their first game in that competition. Now on Sunday, of course, Mull and Carrick, well known to each other in senior championship deciders. And I'm delighted to be joined by one of the stalwarts and one of the elders of Mull GA Club, Matt Gaffey. You're very welcome to the programme. Thanks very much, Brett. Glad to be here. Matt, you're well known to virtually everybody in the GA circles in the county, but particularly in Mull. And I don't think there's been a success in Mull over the last... I'm going to say 50 years, uh, that hasn't got your fingerprints all over it. First of all, tell us how you arrived in Mull. Well, I arrived there as a young teacher in 1968, and I became involved in sport immediately in the school. And from the late uh, 60s, I've been involved in GA coaching ever since. So this year, in 2020, I began my seventh decade of uh, coaching in Leitrim, so... That's phenomenal, seven decades. Most people don't even live that long. In terms of, I suppose, your involvement with Mull, what's your first memory of, of GA and Gaelic Games in the town? Well, um, I was at a seven-a-side um, tournament one night and uh, Mull played Longford Slashers and uh, they received a bit of a hiding. And immediately after the game, I was approached by one of the stalwarts of the club, a man who later became uh, a chairman of the club and... Uh, who's dead now for quite a few years, died as a young man, a lovely fellow, Michael Gallagher. Michael asked me would I take over the senior team and train them. And I took over uh, and trained the team and we won the championship first goal. What do you remember about that summer? And that would have been 1971. That's right, yeah. What what memories do you still carry 49 years later? Uh, well, f- fantastic memories. Um, I think in, in sport, really, the, the memories are of the friendships that you and the bonds that you form with people are more important that may not seem to be so with the players coming on next Sunday but when they look back on their careers later it'll be the friendships that they made and the bonds that they formed with other people uh, that live long in the memory and that's uh, the situation as it was with me When you look at that team in 71 and fast forward almost 50 years and you look at the, the the names that are lining out for Mohol this weekend, are there any similarities? Are there any dads or granddads? We struggle with dads, but any granddads that would be have been part of that team now that looking at their offspring and their offspring's offspring? Well, it certainly would have answered, uh, not aunts, but uncles uh, of players now, you know. They, I just mentioned Michael Gallagher there now. He's, he, he's, he would have been an uncle to the Mitchell boys playing on the team at the moment, you know, so... That would be the kind of a, a connection. So and Michael McGuinness, you know, Michael is a fantastic, fantastic uh, cornerback for Leitrim. 
He was elected on the selected on the Leitrim team of the last twenty years. Michael, brilliant, absolutely brilliant footballer. Michael's dad was on the team. He was one of the main men on the team, and indeed, he was selected on the Leitrim Millennium team later on. Michael was, and uh, they they would be two of the that just spring to mind at the moment. Now there may be others that I can't just recall. Yeah, of course, Michael Selector with this year's That's team. Right, Michael Selector. Of course, his brother, John, oh, yes. was a stalwart also yes. of many county teams oh, and yes. won that Connacht Junior or Connacht Minor Championship right, back yeah. in 98. Right. And, of course, unfortunately, oh, yes. Philip, oh, um, yeah. who the pitch is named after him, oh, yes. Very 10 years ago this seven. summer. Yes, indeed. How much of an impact does that have in the 10 years since that happened on a club like Mull? There's still... Re- is that still been felt? Oh yes, very, very strongly. Every he's um, the date of his death, the, 20, the 19th of April, and every always around that occasion, uh, Philly is very fondly remembered. This year, as a matter of fact, I gave an interview to Ocean Radio on the date of uh, on the anniversary of his death. Yeah. And, uh, how, how much of how much of this year's championship have you managed to see? I've seen nearly all Moles games, anyhow, yeah. I've seen most of the games. The ones that are on pay-per-view, I saw them all, yes. You haven't been threatening to get in behind enemy lines and in behind closed doors and fighting with security guards to get into grounds? No, but uh, I, I was at the first game that Moel played against um, uh, Badenamore, and uh, Badenamore won the game, but I had a bet on after the game. I put the bet on after the game on Moel to win the championship because uh, I saw a lot of them that day. I, I saw that there was great room for improvement and I was confident that under the management of Liam Keenan and his selectors, Michael McGuinness, Mickey Quinn and Enda, his trainer from Longford, a very good team. Uh, Liam is a very nice fella and very personable fella and I was confident that they'd get the best out of the players and I think they have so far. You mentioned the first game. Well, the second game was against Sunday's opponents, Carrick and Shannon, and a lot's been talked about that day because Muckle came and blew Carrick away, but there's been a very different Carrick and Shannon and St Mary's side since then. Well, uh, I think the management of the Carrick team have to be given great credit for that now. You know, uh, Dennis Connerton is a very experienced manager, and two old buddies and myself when I was over here training the team, Anthony Conway and Fergal Reynolds are his selectors, and two sound men and... Fair players and throwing things around, and they really got the best out of the players since. I mean, to go down to um, Melvin Gales and win, win there was a phenomenal achievement, and to, to, to beat Bannamore then as well, you know, they've really come through a diff- very difficult patch now, you know, they were quite good teams. Many, many people would have fancied Bannamore especially, and also Melvin Gales always very difficult to beat, uh, to win the championship, and fair play to Carrick, they, they did the business. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about you and your connection to Mull, we can't forget one other success that you had at senior championship level, and that was on the sideline as a manager of Carrick. Oh, so yes. there's opponents. Yes. Is there a split loyalty in your house, or are you uh, very much... No, no, no split loyalty. I have great admiration for Carrick, for the Carrick Club. Uh, the people of Carrick were very nice to me when I was over here uh, coaching the team. I forged many great friendships when I was here, particularly with my selectors, uh, uh, my great friend, Kieran Reynolds. Michael Merton, one of the all-time greats of, of uh, Leitrim football. Uh, Kevin O'Rourke and Alan O'Shea, they were the lads who worked in the couple of years I was here. And all very fine men, I have to say. And uh, I have great admiration and respect for the club. But I've always been involved in, in the school and, and in the club in Mohol. And I've, I've been through, down so many lanes and been involved in so many games of them over the years. 
uh, that I'm afraid the G, the the mole G is in my DNA and uh, my life is, is can't be questioned. So you'll there, definitely be wearing green on Sunday then. Oh yes, yes. There's also another family interest because obviously your your grandson Killian, uh, not with the squad this year because of soccer commitments with Sligo Rovers, but didn't make his Leitrim debut, competitive debut back in January as a St Mary's player. Any have you got any sway? Can you convince him to come back? Maybe even sign for Mohol, or is he a, a St Mary's man on the Gaelic pitch? I think I'd have to say he'd be a St Mary's man now. You see, he grew up with a lot depends on who you grew up with, you know, and that kind of thing. Incidentally, he was totally illegal that day playing for Leitrim. It was only discovered afterwards he was still 17 and one must be 18 to play for the county team, but it wasn't recognized until after the game that he was too young to play. So, does it count as a as a debut then? Well, they were beaten by. Oh, it does, I'm sure, but they were beaten by Russ Common on the day, like, you know, so. Yeah, he came on, uh, didn't get an injury yeah. to Jeremy McKiernan, yes, he came yeah. on on the day. Probably the youngest player ever to, to play for Leitrim in, in modern times, yes, anyway. Yes. Obviously, he was too young, yes. so he must have been. Yeah. In terms of the game, how do you see it playing out on, on Sunday? Because you, you've seen so many of these games over the years. Yes. Um, what's your expectations of the game on Sunday? Well, I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, um, uh, both teams are very similar in ways and so far as there's a great blend of youth and experience on both teams. Uh, there's five or six of the of the St Mary's team there still who were there when I, when I was when I was at the uh, St Mary's team and uh, more than a great blend of youth and experience as well we have for instance uh, our captain there Daniel Beck like you know a man who has given phenomenal um, service to Mohal uh, he's a great leader on and off the pitch he's marvellous leadership qualities he's a great role model for the younger players always guiding them along the right way and uh He's captain of the team as well, and um, he's been very good. Ronan Kennedy is also there since 2006. Uh, Ronan has won many finals with the last kick of the game, practically, and uh, uh, one man unlucky to lose out this time, I think, will be Ronan, Ronan Gallagher, because Ronan made great efforts to get back from injuries he suffered the last couple of years. This year he did get back and was beginning to play very well until... Unfortunately, he suffered a hamstring injury, so I think from what I hear, he's probably ruled out. Those three lads are there from uh, 2006, so both teams would have fellows from that uh, era, you know. But um, then great young players came in. Now, I was involved with more underage teams in recent times, and um, uh, I was involved with a minor team that won the minor championship in 2015, and I was looking at a photograph that was taken recently there, and amazingly, there's 13 of that team on the panel for uh, at the pre- at present, and that includes uh, lads who played the last little night, David Mitchell, uh, Keith Byrne, uh, the Harkin brothers. You know, great lads, all great lads. The Harkins are lads with fantastic attitudes, you know, and David Brennan, or David Mitchell, sorry, uh, great young fella, cornerback, and in the quarter final there. From his cornerback position, he sneaked up and got a lovely, beautifully taken goal, you know. So those are the type of players. Jordan Reynolds was also involved in that 2015 team. In terms yeah. of that, because you kind of preempted my next question, which was as an educator and as a teacher and as a youth coach as well as at senior level and more over the years, and with Leitrim, you've seen so many players come through those teams. Is there a preference in your head 
in terms of watching those lads develop as, as players and as individuals and as, as men and women, of course, yes. who've involved in women's teams yeah. as well, but do you see, do you watch the, their progress or, or do you see, prefer to see them, is it about winning senior titles or is it about everything else that comes with the development of those players? Well, so far as, I'm, uh, so far as I would be concerned, uh, development of players it would be my role in the club over the years, uh, developing young players. And uh, if the work is done properly, there's so much that has to be gained by young people from it. Like you know, aside from the football football element at all, of course, fun for a start is number one for the young players, and then to the full development of skills. Don't worry about the positional positional play uh, until later on. And you know, if the job is being done well and they're being guided properly, they're picking up so many life skills. You know, uh, they're picking up, for instance, teamwork. How how to, how to be a member of a team. In any walk of life, be it a factory floor, a school, any place else, teamwork is so important. They're developing their social skills, their interpersonal skills, discipline, integrity, all those valuable life skills that are imparted to young people. And I would regard those things as so important for them. Because very often young people will experience uh, success, will also experience some fa- failure. And I think the failure can be very helpful to young people as well because, as I always say to them, uh, lads, you suffered a disappointment here today and that helps to to prepare you for the the disappointments that we all meet as we go through life at some stage or other, you know. No, that really is the opportunity to, to learn from those little lessons that when it becomes right. bigger in, in everyday right. life. No, yeah. I, I, I love that approach and I think yes. I'd support that completely yeah. on a personal note. Yes. But how much pride do you take from watching those lads that you would know since they were barely old enough to kick a football um, that, that they're now, I suppose, winning county championships, lining out for Leitrim possibly in the, the championship later this year? Well, I, I take an awful lot of pride in it now. You know, the... Uh, um, I, uh, when I retired from school, I was principal of the school, and when I go to meetings, other principals be saying, uh, and you're looking after the school teams, and I'd say, yeah, and how, how can you manage that? And you run the school. I'd say, no problem. And that would be my attitude. And in the Marion College and Moyle Community School, we had quite a number of successes. Now, at the beginning of the, uh, this um, century, uh, Back in 2003, four, 2002, three, four, we won four or five, four Connacht finals, and we ended up in an All Ireland final, which were maybe a little bit unlucky to lose. And to see those lads coming through then onto the Mohill underage teams as well. And then uh, I have been involved with the teams in the club itself then down through the years, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to be involved with some great mentors. Managers or you know trainers along with me, and we brought them through from under fourteen, under sixteen, minor, under twenty-one, uh, intermediate, and was also involved in junior success. So uh, that would be, and I take pride in every one of them. I when I have them there, I uh, you know I just take a special interest in them and show concern for them aside from sport at all. You know it's a concern in their welfare. Children won't care. How much you know until they know how much you care. Unless they know you care about them, you're not going to be a success with them. And a, a lot of team management is just being able to being able to handle people, being able to deal with people, and uh, you know, being just be nice to them, particularly the young people. 
and to give them very positive feedback. Every youngster that comes down to the park should be sent home feeling good about themselves, you know, and uh, just to make them feel important and good. And, you know, they grow on that, they thrive on that, you know. It's interesting you say that because that's perfect, perfectly sound advice for anybody who's interested in any kind of career in coaching, if, even if it's just helping yes. out around a team. Yes. But you're one of the, the tutor trainers for coach education in Leitrim. You have been for as long as I can remember. That's right, yes. What's that role like in educating the next group of, of people to come in and fill those shoes that you've worn over the years and others much like you in every club up and down the county? Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm tutoring for nearly 20 years. and But uh, about 2007 then, I think, a number of us, nine of us from Connacht were asked to go to Crow Park uh, to train to become tutor trainers. And uh, we went up and it was quite a very extensive course, a tough course enough and we were there working on it for, uh, we were travelling up and down and uh, working on it for uh, nearly a year. And then we came down to Connacht and we decided then that the next step was to uh, train in tutors. So over in Gaul we, we had 50 tutors, including lads from Leitrim now, lads like Barney Breen and uh, Derek Keller and Mark Heston um, and Thomas Keane and those, those lads. Uh, trained as tutors and then I was doing much, most of the coach foundation and award one coaching courses in the county and then those lads were able to come out and do it as well and in my own case now I would have uh, delivered foundation award one award two to over 2,000 coaches now they don't all stay with us some of them are there while their children are playing and when the children aren't playing a little longer uh, uh, some parents back it up, but there are some who stay with it, and you know, and and I think it has greatly improved things because you could ask some intercounty player to go out there and do a session with youngsters, he mightn't have much notion at all, you know. Uh, just because you're able to play doesn't mean you're able to coach, and to be able to coach skills properly, that's the biggest uh, uh, challenge for a coach to be to know the component parts of the skill, and to be able to teach that and to teach the component parts of the skill and then to be able to observe and spot and fix what's going well, what isn't going well. Some people might bring them out and just say, oh, you're able to kick the ball, good man. You know, but there's a way for kicking the ball. There's a technique in every skill. There's a, there's a, a skill in teaching the skill, the basic points of the skill to be developed. And uh, coaches should take note of that and insist that the youngsters develop that skill to do it properly and also a big loss among some coaches to be able to develop true sighted players you know absolutely kick, kick them with both hands and four feet and so on in terms of to bring it back to Sunday's game and this year's championship in terms of your experience I suppose you're at a certain stage of life and we're all talking now about people who are vulnerable and I suppose your age group have been yes. identified as someone yes. who might be in a vulnerable situation. Do you have any fear going to a football match at, at the weekend? Is there any bit of you at all that kind of goes, it's it's not for me, or is it just a thing you're gonna you're gonna die with your boots on? Yeah, well, um, that's an interesting question, now, Brittany, because this year, you know, everything was closed down in March, no coaching or anything, you know, and then it was decided that yes, the coaching could begin again, and I had we had a meeting in Mohol. And I said, geez, lads, I said, I don't think I'd be able to come back here because of my age. And I also had open heart surgery a number of years ago. I, I don't know if I'd be able to come in here now. And uh, I, I was more or less throwing in the towel. But when 
the coaching was called, I couldn't resist, and back down with the boys. And luckily, we sanitised the balls before after training every evening and all the little cones and all that kind of stuff. And I, I got on fine. That's and I, I enjoyed it for the for the few months. So there's no chance that you won't be uh, you won't be at that game on Sunday. Have you got a ticket? I've gotten a ticket, yeah. So you're all sorted. And oh, you can't yes. wait. Oh yes. And definitely wearing green. No no oh, last no. minute decisions no. to change. No. Because because of my investment, we'll put it that way, in the lads over the years. And uh, I've great admiration for the uh, captain uh, Daniel Beck. He's been phenomenal as a captain, brilliant fella and uh, far as I'm concerned he's a charismatic leader and I'd be hoping that our charismatic leader would be lifting the Fianna Cup on Sunday. Well listen on that note thank you very much for coming okay. in and the very best luck to you and to all your Mughal club men and supporters and the players of course and, and staff of the of the team on Sunday yes. and uh, it'll be an interesting uh, 60 minutes. Yeah, Could I just uh, say before I finish Absolutely. I believe that uh, St Mary's will win the championship but really? I, yeah, I, I believe they will win, win a championship, but oh, just not this year. Not I think, year. I think, yeah. I think you know that they have a little bit more to go. The true lads at midfield, geez, they've been phenomenal. Um, Paul, Paul, Paul Keeney, Paul Keeney, and O'Donnell, O'Connell, O'Connell. Sorry, David O'Connell. They've been excellent, you know. And uh, there was a young lad I had here when I was over in my last year here, Brian Farrell, and he was making a very good football, and I hadn't seen him for years, but I saw him in the last couple of games, and uh, uh, I shouldn't say Carrie, but St Mary's, they're suffering the loss of of Oshin, very good little footballer, Oshin, but uh, uh, Brian is doing a very good job since he came in there, you know, so... Yeah, Brian found music yeah, and yes. went off gallivant around yeah, the world with a, a guitar in his very, and very good player, you know. Yeah, fabulous, and, fabulous uh, player. I'd be hoping that there is a championship in it for uh, St Mary's, but not just this year. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much. Okay, man. all right, so much, mate. Thanks very much yourself. Of course, on Sunday, we can't have a final without opponents for Mughal, and they come in the shape of St. Mary's. And I'm joined by three older statesmen of the club. Uh, it's been 25 years since ye faced that stage yourselves, lads, in a county final. But I'm joined by Kevin McKenna, Kevin Glancy, and Jean Bohan. Lads, welcome to the programme. Thanks, Bethany. Thanks, Bethany. Now, the reason you're all here is because not only are you all county champions in your own right from that in 95, amongst other title victories uh, but you all are in the rather I suppose salubrious position of being able to watch your sons we'll talk about Oshin in a second but watch your sons uh, win a county championship hopefully on Sunday in a county final against Mull um, we mentioned Oshin we might as well start there Oshin of course won't be on the field on Sunday but is an integral part of that squad with St Mary's this season yeah yeah feeling disappointed for him and he's gutted for him as he is himself that he won't be part of it but that's the joys of football as we all know um, he'd be with the lads on Sunday I think he's going to do the warm up with them or whatever just to be part of it and I think it's it's a good idea that he would be part of it just for hopefully maybe down the line he might be in another county final and he'll have experienced 
a county final day being being part of the build up or whatever, you know. So yeah, it's disappointing for him, but we're all delighted that St Mary's are in the county final and delighted for all the young lads, the older lads and management and just been a great buzz around the club all week, so it's been super. Of course, he did start the championship in that cor- corner forward berth, which you you know all too well yourself. Um, centre back on the team, James Glancy, Kevin. He's you're responsible for him. Mm. Um, he's the same age now as that day in 1995. Uh, do you, that, that similarity. What 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 do you take out of that? Well, I suppose it's a bit of a contrast there because that was um, I was coming to the end uh, my career at that stage. Uh, it was my second last year, I think, playing senior. I think James is a few more years if he wants to at this level but uh, James I wouldn't I, that was only my second county final I played in 93 and 95 but James has played in numerous county finals his first one was in 2006 and uh, he has won a few and lost a few ironically his first one was against Mohol in 2006 where he lost but our last one our last victory was in 2013 and James captained the, the team that year so um, contrasting experiences for him in that but uh, I was just delighted to be playing at the time and I was just thrilled I was a substitute that day but I got on for the second half and I was just so delighted to get some action that day and also that we won obviously It's always, always a bit nicer yeah. when you win Kevin you were cornerback that day I was, yeah. and uh, your responsibility Paddy will be lining out in the defence for St Mary's as well again mirroring kind of your own situation 25 years ago um, well, the difference now is it's a completely different game, as you know. You know, a cornerback is an attacking back. He's um, he could be marking a third midfielder. So it's a changed game compared to twenty years ago. I know for a fact I never crossed the halfway line. I was quite happy in the full back line, staying there and not attacking at all. So it is a different game, but there's, there's a lot more responsibilities now compared to when we played at Sale. Would you agree? Mm. Yeah, yeah. What's your memories from County Final Day in nineteen ninety five? First memory would be that it was an absolute gorgeous day. I think it was a great summer back then, and I just remember Park Sean being um, the pitch was actually burnt with the sunshine. It was it was a lovely day. Um, it was it was a huge day for for us. I just looked at the at the picture last night. There was a picture up on Facebook of the team from '95 and and the team from this year, and I just I just showed it to uh, to Anne, my wife, and I just said we were ready to win. It just went through all the faces. And you could just see a determination. It just it it just struck me the the, the term, determination that was in the eye. And we had lost. We had drew it Ahawillan in ninety three, and we'd lost the replay. Well beaten in the replay, I think. But Hugh Carlton had got injured that year. Um, so I think we were we were ready to we were ready to win a county final, and um, it was just just a super experience just to get over the line and to to win it for St Mary's after waiting for so long, you know. So. And then, of course, the, the celebrations afterwards with that, that was just, never forget those, you know. It's just one of those days that, you'll, you know, we were lucky enough to win a couple of championships after, but I think that's the one that stands out, you know. So. Kevin, your thoughts on the day in terms of, I suppose, at the start of the game, you're lining up national anthem, all that's going through your head. What, what's your biggest concern at that point when you're lining up cornerback against established oh, county players? Just getting over the nerves is my biggest problem. Um, once the, the ball is thrown in, you forgot about that and... After that, I'd just mark your man and keep him scoreless if you could. And um, if just just with the, the game, it, it was a kind of a I think it was about eight points to six or something. That it, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of scores in the game itself, but um, I remember it being a very very defensive game. 
you know, trying to keep them out. Yeah, because county finals tend to be a bit like that, a little bit cagey, mm. a little bit nervy. With two attacking teams on Sunday, Kevin, do you expect to see, uh, Kevin Clancy that is, do you expect to see um, that same nerves creeping in or are these two teams both ready for a really open game of football? Um, you'd imagine that it would be a, a sort of a shootout based on the, some of the performances up to now and the score lines up to now. But I don't think it will be because finals are for winning. Nobody cares whether it's a good game. The winners especially don't care if it's a good game or a bad game. Um, it's all about the result really in a, in a county final. And I think both teams will be very aware of that. And they'll be going out with the objective of winning the game. And it'll be very, very cagey early on, I'd say. Um, uh, Kevin is right. In, in 95, we just won by two points. And it was a very scrappy game. But like Jean was saying... We, St Mary's had only won one county final would you believe before that was, and that was in 1958 so there was a huge drought there at the time and we had lost I think I was just looking at the statistics we had lost seven county finals between 58 and 95 so as Jean says we, didn't, we weren't going to let that continue there was no way we were going to lose that game that day we had a manager in Michael Tunney who was, um, who was a born winner and he instilled that in us as well, in training and everything leading up to that game. So that game was all about winning. And I think Sunday is going to be the same. Um, obviously, talk, yeah, but, but obviously uh, it'll be the same for Mohal. Like, it'll be the same for them. They'll, they'll, they'll want to win this game. Uh, I was reading an interview of Daniel Beck there and he says it's the, the memories of losing that will drive them on. And it's the same for, for, I think, for both teams, you know. Um, teams don't want to lose a final. And especially, it's a special year this year for all sorts of reasons. And it'll be memorable to win it. Talking about the memories of losing games, Gene, let's chat about the Mohol game earlier in the season. Obviously, the same two opponents played out here, just behind us here in the hive, in uh, Park, Park uh, Nevermore, in Cark and Shannon. It wasn't a great day for St Mary's, but they really seem to have pulled something out of the fire. And this, they've come out of that whole scenario maybe for about a week or so with two fantastic results to to get out of the group in the first instance which didn't look likely that evening I think to anyone neutral but they've really pushed on to new levels that maybe people outside of the club didn't really believe were there Ah, I'd say even some of us you know even that evening I, I, I don't know if it was the bravest person would suggest I think that we're going to pull ourselves out of that I think maybe we were looking at who were going to try and avoid in relegation at that stage you know that's that's as stark as it was at the time you know but in fairness to the lads they um, I, I think Dennis had obviously pulled a few strings with them and you know tugged at maybe different things that maybe someone within the club wouldn't have been able to do as well you know and he, he got them he got them sparked up for the Aho Willen game which was an absolute brilliant performance you know to go down to Aho Willen and win um, you, you know you've achieved something when you go down there and win, you know. So coming away from there, we knew that they had, they had turned the corner, you know. So they're a great bunch of lads, and hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be able to push on and so on. You know. In terms of other similarities that are going, I know I rang you to ask you to come in the other evening, Kevin, and you said oh, I'm busy getting the pub together now. Right, my right. research tells me that back in '95 when you were preparing for that final, the Anchorage, as most people in the town would know, uh, you're the proprietor there was being open and it affected your ability to train and to be part of that squad into the Connacht Club Championship according to Ivan Keeney at least my, my information yeah. might be a bit wrong but in terms of that similarity of you're now coming out of and you're reopening that pub is that a good omen? Well it's, to me it is a good omen definitely yeah and the fact that Paddy's involved in the team and um, 
oh, he's sort of, we've got we've got that connection with St Mary's again. So um, hopefully they'll, they'll come out with the win and we'll have those celebrations we had 25 years ago. Because that, that win was huge for the town. It's probably huge for us in the Anchorage as well because, you know, we're, I was part of the team and, you know, the, the crowds of people that, that, that came in after and, and talked about it for weeks and weeks after, saying what a great game it was and to finally win the county title after all these years. So, you know, I haven't, haven't forgotten those days. They were, they were fantastic days. So. It's been around that time since a team, a football team at least, we might talk a bit about the Hurling in a minute, but a football team at least has had a really good run in the Connacht Club Championship after that. You got to the final that year against Corrafin. I know Alan Gales yeah. got to a final as well. It's been a, a pretty bleak, um, I suppose, hunting ground for Leitrim teams in the last 20-odd years. How important is that aspect of, of winning a county championship and having that ambition to go on and really push on, or is that realistic for a club from Leitrim? I think I was jumping in there. I think I, when St Mary's won it, any time St Mary's won a championship, we were adamant we were going to make a burst on and push on. And in '95, we got a great run. We beat Eastern Harps first, and then we beat Clonagale in a semi final, and we came up against um, Curfin in the final. I think it was just a step too far for us in the Curfin, were that little bit further down the road than us, they were more experienced. And I think. You know, we landed at the gates that day in Curfin in our bus and we were all hyped up and excited. We couldn't get into the gates first, they wouldn't let us in. We got in through the gates with the bus, tried to get into the dressing room, they wouldn't let us into the dressing room. So psychologically they had us before we even got onto the pitch and then when we got into the pitch, it, it was the last, actually the last game, the last Connacht club match played on a club game. That was the last one. They changed it after that. It had to be a county ground. Mm. So they used every little every little thing they could that day to, to get a psychological effect on us and I think they that played a part in it as well you know so but going back to your original point I think we always tried to push on in Connacht if we could you know it, it didn't happen every year but I think it's vital for whether St Mary's or Mohol this year whoever well obviously it's not going to happen this year but the, whenever it happens again that you know push on in Connacht you know yeah. I suppose yeah that, that there is no Connacht Club Championship this year I suppose the, the girls do have one but the, the boys yeah. one is cancelled but it's, it's just that ambition of a team that wins it looking to push on and really not just be happy with being the best in our neck of the woods mm. well I think St Mary's record really in the Connacht Club has been pretty good I know maybe recently but in 2003 we ran Caltrop to a point over in Clune and Caltrop went on to win the All-Ireland yeah. and I've heard interviews with, with the Meehans and them boys afterwards and uh, they said they were lucky to get out of that game and it was the tightest game they had in that championship I know they only won the All-Ireland against the Gaeltacht by a point or two as well scorelines were similar but they felt that they were very very lucky to get out of Clune that they would win um, so you know we're, when we do get out of the county you know we have no inhibitions about who we're playing no matter what county they're from and I think talking about winning Connacht Club I think the Carry Curlers, I'm going to mention them like in, in 2018, um, like November 2018, we were the first Leitrim team to win an adult Connacht title. And for years we've been trying and trying and trying. And, you know, people were dropping heads and saying it would never happen. You're playing a Galway team, forget about it. But we kept at it and we got there in the end. And I, there's no reason why a Leitrim team can't do the same in football, regardless of who they're playing. I, I did make the distinction football team and I better make another distinction you're the first male team to win a Connacht Championship yeah, females yeah. teams have done it as well or I get hammered yeah, for that yeah, too yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin you mentioned something that I'd like to just probe a little bit and that's about that you're back involved with St Mary's 
Mm. Let's talk about that for a moment because obviously you you played, you got into business, you mightn't have been directly involved in the club on a day-to-day basis like the two lads would have been uh, from being involved and being around, but now your kids have brought you back into the fold. Yeah, um, <clears throat> my two youngest lads, Brian and Andrew, were involved in those 17s and I've been involved with Tom Crow helping them out the last two years. Last year we won the under-17 title and this year, a few weeks ago we lost the under-17s as we all know. But um, it's really got me interested in St Mary's football again, you know, because you know there, I was involved myself. But uh, to see them playing again with with the club, it just brings back all my own memories of playing with St Mary's, and then Paddy's on the senior team. So you know, I'm going to be involved and helping out as best I can over these next 10, 15 years again, as long as they're they're involved. So. Of course, Gene, you even went to the next stage and you coached the Leitrim Miners when Oshin was around uh, two years ago, 2018. First time that Leitrim won a, a game at that level in probably, I'm going to get this wrong, but it could be 15 or 16 years, maybe even 17 years? Some, something of that region, or yeah, we beat, we beat Sligo in the championship town in Sligo. Yeah, it, it, it was, Should uh, Terry Highland be worried? Are you looking for the job? No, no, I think Terry's <laughs> safe enough now, I think. Uh, <laughs> that's it'd be a step too far now, I'm afraid. But uh, no, I re- really enjoyed the year. Um, it's a huge commitment, you know. You, it's, People on the outside don't realise the commitment that's involved when you get when you you know it's a step up from the club again. You know, it's just the time is unbelievable from organising buses to uh, challenge matches. You know, to gear to everything. So, but really enjoyed it, and there were a great bunch of lads, very very talented bunch of lads. That that core of that team will be the Leitrim under twenty team this year. You know, so um, hopefully they they might be able to drive on and uh, maybe win a Connor Championship as well. But as well as that, a core of that team actually will be backbone of that St Mary's team on Sunday because you've got the likes of Paul Keeney and Dave O'Connell and Oshin of course won't be involved but Sean Reynolds was in that squad as well in goal. So yeah, Patrick was in it as well. Yeah, so the, yeah. a lot of names, so you know that those lads quite well. What are they like to work with? Ah, they're, all, they're very good lads. Um, I have worked with a lot of them from their six years of age up on the school pitch up here from the Saturday morning training. Um, and you can you, you get a feeling when you get a bunch of lads together. You, you know you can you, you 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 know early on with them what way they're going to. And we, you could know early on that those lads, the majority of them, were going to come through. You know, and we, I don't think we lost anyone along the way. We, we brought any anyone that was involved in the early stages of those Saturday mornings really came the whole way through. And that that bunch are very tight. Like they're uh, when you talk about the the few you've mentioned there or whatever, and there'll be three or four more lads with them as well. You know. They're, they're always together, you know, and they've always been together since they've been six years of age. So um, I heard Paul Keeney being interviewed after the game or something, and I think he was asked the question about himself and David being so young, you know, and he made the contact, well, sure, we're, we're playing together since we're six, sure, we should know each other by now, you know, and, and it's the same with the majority of those lads. But I, I don't think, we, you know, we, we can get, there's been an awful lot of talk about the young lads in the team this year as well, but I think better not forget about the older lads as well. I think they've played an awful part in this team as well, you know, I think when the chips were down they dug in and rolled in behind as well you know so it's it's a it's a, a team effort the whole way through Kevin you've been very involved um, at the games and stuff you've been doing the, the the videos and live streaming and that sort of stuff as well what have you taken out of this season that you've seen how optimistic are you for your chances on Sunday what I've seen from the season is uh, even though we had two defeats which we all know about in the knockout in the group games I always had a feeling that there was um, that there was good spirit in this because I've been dipping in and out of their training sessions since last January, and then of course we had the lockdown. But there was always a, a good a good mood in the camp, and I think it needed someone 
like Dennis, coming in to harness all that together. Because as Jean says, we have a great kernel of young lads there. We have the nucleus of the older lads there as well, who are always committed and always in fit and injury free, thankfully as well. So there was a good mix there. So it just needed somebody to take a step back, have a look at what was there and harness it together. And I think from the very beginning, there was always that mood there that, um, that they, could, they could go places this year. I know we had a couple of bad defeats, but I knew in my heart and soul that they weren't as bad as those games, uh, those results turned out to be because we weren't organised in a couple of them. Things went wrong here and there. But obviously the win then against Ahawillan turned everything around then. Confidence started growing, you know, and uh, the results just picked off from there. So to answer your question directly around Sunday, it's going to be a very close game. Mohol are a crack good, cracking good outfit with a good manager as well. They have good mixture of youth and experience as well. They have six or seven lads who are on the county panel and maybe five of them will be starters, you know. So that'll show you the quality quality that they have. They have deadly forwards. We all know the big name players that they have. So they're going to be... But like it's, it's a sort of a game where small things make a difference. As I said earlier, I think it's going to be a tight enough game, cagey enough game, and small little things will make the difference on Sunday. You know, hit off the post, a lad getting booted or sent off. Small, you know, things that we can't... Can't Stuff legislate. You can't really legislate for yeah, but I still think I, I have a good feeling about this on Sunday, and I'm not into omens or anything like that. But I just think that we're we have a fitter team, we have a hungrier team, and hopefully on Sunday we'll have a better team. Kevin is definitely coming out for this. Kevin, how are you fixed for Sunday? Have you got your tickets sorted? I haven't yet. No, I've to talk to Paddy to see if he has one for me. We're hoping that we, he'll have two in a way. We'll see. <laughs> how, how hard is it to find tickets? There must be huge interest around the club. Yeah. There's just only whatever 100 tickets is it or something like that and when you take all the players into account all the panel and if you give them a couple of tickets each you haven't too many to distribute after that so there'll be a lot of people looking for media passes to be journalists I think I've been asked uh, <laughs> by about 27 people if they can carry my camera bag at the weekend I have one pass and I will be using it I can't wait for it it's going to be an absolute cracker yeah, gentlemen um, in terms of I suppose predictions for, for the day I'm going to put your head on the block because I didn't do this to Matt Gaffey earlier and we had Matt in earlier talking about his time in both dugouts winning championships with both clubs um, yeah, got predictions are you going to you going to say it's similar? Is the head going to That's rule very, around? Very hard. You know, people asking me if I'm on the road during the week there, people saying, you know, how's the game going to go? It's, it's a very hard one to call. You know, f- from where we've come from um, to where we are now, like Mughal at the beginning of the year, every year they're going to be, you know, one of the favourites to win a championship. Um, as we've talked about there, they have they have the, the names that everyone knows, you know, I suppose our boys are maybe only trying to get there. So... Look, I suppose Mull are the raging hot favourites. Um, they have to be. Um, they have the title behind them. Um, but I, we, I think we'll turn up on the day. We'll, 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 we'll turn up and just see what happens. You know. So. Kevin, you've nailed your colours to the yeah, last well, I'm, I'm confident that St Mary's will win. Not in an arrogant or a cocky way by any means, but I just have a belief in them that they'll win it. And um, I, I believe that, they, that they're good enough to win it. As I said earlier, they're fit enough, they're young enough, and they're good enough. So I'm confident that they'll win it. But it won't be, it won't be easy, and it won't be by a, a huge margin. Kevin, thoughts? Oh, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to win it. <laughs> um, the two Kevins have their face faces up in the yeah. Mohol uh, dressing room. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the pressure's on Mohol. You know, I think the pressure's on Mohol. Um, they're hot favourites. Um, St Mary's were written off there three or four weeks ago. They were no good. There were people saying they're going to be relegated. So I think they, they can go out and play with confidence and 
they've you know they've nothing to lose. If they you know if they can they can come home with a win. I think definitely. Yeah, I think uh, since that Mohawk game that we talked about, they've let the shackles off a little bit, and and everybody's been a bit freer. And I think it's been great to watch them, and I think it's going to be a cracking game on uh, on Sunday. And I suppose maybe we'll see Connor Farrell and Nicholas McQueenie lift the cup on Saturday, Sunday evening. Lads, the best of luck to you. Hope you enjoy the game. Hope you get a ticket. Uh, very important. And uh, thanks for coming in. And thank well, you, Brefney, for all your coverage on this. It's really been an amazing year as regards coverage and everything, and the whole professionalism around it. You're doing a great job, and thanks very much for that. I'll give you the five for later. <laughs> it's been 16 years since Anagoff and Gord Lettre did battle in the senior chapter final. This weekend on Saturday evening in Avoncard Park, Sean McDermott, both sides will do battle once again. And we're joined by representatives from both clubs. I'd like to welcome Donald Fox, we'll go in order of seniority, Donald Fox from Anadolu and Derek Kelleher from Gortletra. You're very welcome boys. Thanks Bertie. Cheers for that. Let's start Donald with yourself, obviously we'll give you a bit of a proper introduction but you're a long established administrator and everything within the county I suppose. Tell us a bit about your own GAA credentials. Oh, GAA credentials. Well I've been a member of Anadolu GAA club for a long time obviously and uh, I'm a secretary and treasurer and chairman at one stage and uh, I have been also vice chairman among other things and manage the team and selector and that kind of stuff. That's where uh, my kind of if you like GA pedigree in terms of uh, being involved with the club has been and it's been I've often said it that my involvement at Duff GA club is one of the best things I've ever done so I'm very honoured and proud to be a member of it. You're one of the first, I suppose, for over the last 20 years, you're one of the first faces that come to my mind when I think of Adolf GA. But one of those across the North Lecture would be yourself. Obviously, Derek, you've been a player and everything involved with North Lecture over the years, but also with distinction with Leitrim along the lines too. Um, talk to me about 2004 or 2004 and that final, because obviously it wasn't your day on the day it went to Anadolf. What's your memories of being involved in that team? Well, Brittany, it's only last week with a lot of counselling that I've actually learned to forget about that. But uh, from recollection, look at, uh, I tell you, getting into a county final number one uh, for the teams even this weekend, it's, it's a massive achievement for any team to get in. It was the same in 2004 when Anadolf and Gartletra got there because great rivalry in a county final. To, to march behind the band is it get the hair standing on the back of your neck. You're, it's the proudest moment, and for your family, friends, the whole club, it knits a club together. So look at I suppose my, my my earliest memory of it was I think the referee came over to talk to Martin Fontan and God rest him, uh, Stephen Durrigan, before the ball was thrown in at all. So that kind of set the scene for the game. But look at it was a hard fought game. Anadolf really from the half back line they pushed everything forward and they caught us on the hop. I suppose Gartletra quite possibly were going in maybe favourites into the game even because we were there in 2000 even though we had lost it and with the amount of county players that we would have had but Anadolf under Eugene like when they got into the game they held the head and they annoyed us what you have to do in a football field they, they changed the way that we were thinking about the game and got into our heads and they played excellent football and they got the scores like Tom McNabola scored 5 points um, Ray got 2 Stephen Durgan God rest him he scored 3 points for Carletra but when you have somebody scoring 5 points you know it, it's very hard to beat you know, so that was that was it was it was a good day, very bad that evening. I had bought a house, 
and I was ready to move into it in Drumsna and I rented for three months extra in Carrick and still when I moved in two months after it I heard about it for the next ten years but look at such is life <laughs> the one from your point of view very different experience it was the most fabulous day I remember it so well um, because and I don't really had only won a senior championship in 1928 before that nobody remembered that uh, really except there was one man still alive who had actually played but Tommy Daly but I remember it well because it was a day of such joy for us and we were fortunate in a way to have got to it because we were lucky at one point in the qualifying but after that our fullness really took off and two good wins coming into the final and I, I'd nearly dispute what Derek says about who was the favourites or who wasn't because I think that logically Anadolf were the better team they were much higher up in the league at the time and were well entitled to their victory and I think what's interesting and he says something there about Ray and Tom McNabola who of course were both stars that day as was David McHugh yeah. who's the team sponsor at the moment uh, who's in London but the great thing about that was that Ray Cox was flying that day he was extraordinary he was speedy and pacey and accuracy he had everything and I, and I think Gartetzer didn't like to see him coming and it is great to see that here we are 16 years later that Ray is being talked about playing the, probably some of the best football in his life and being an inspiration to all the younger fellas on our, on our team and that uh, Ronan McCormack who was midfield that day uh, is a sub who has who could well see action before this day is out. Yeah, because there's a lot of players I know on the Gortletra side, Colin McCran would fill that and possibly one or two others. So what's what's the squad like now compared to 16 years ago? Is there many stragglers still left? You haven't asked to lace up the boots yet. Cahill? No, no. Uh, I'm actually getting to a stage I'm forgetting how to tie my shoelaces. Never mind about go out and play football. But look at uh, Cahill McCran. Sure, he's, he, we would have seen him in, in a semi-final. I know the mark had come in two years ago, was it? And uh, a lot of teams are kind of struggling with it because players aren't thinking. And it's one thing about being a good footballer and have skill at Everton at speed, but sometimes you have to teach how to slow down because, it, in regards to the mark, that's in, a drum, in the drummer hair game. Call came in, two marks, steadied the game. Ray Cox called his mark. There's two lads of the same vintage. There was nobody else to call the mark. Maybe Sean McNabola might have called one in the semi final. But it was the older guys that had the experience that were watching the game and they knew what their next move was, that if they caught it, they stood, unless it was open for them to go. Whereas some of the younger crew, they seem to take it and they get a bit excited and they'll go, but there's too many players because we tighten up with sweepers this weather. So when you turn around, you're faced with a wall. So when you get in a mark, and look at a county final could be decided on marks, to be honest with you, freeze and marks. Because I know Anna Duff coming into the, the semi-final, I think it only scored one goal in the championship. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, within seven minutes, they have three of them. Do you know what I mean? And that is a hard, that's a hard thing. I know Kerry Gallon had come back. But it's, it's very hard for players, if you go nine points or ten points ahead within ten minutes, to actually start to focus that we're actually nil all now and we have to go out and get more scores. It's very, very hard. Yeah, Don, from your point of view, obviously, you got those three early goals yes. in the first eight or nine minutes That's right. in the semi-final. One of them was a gift, let's yes, be honest about absolutely. it. But, um, but quick thinking. Absolutely. But at the same time, for the rest of the game, you nearly, you nearly blew the, the, that lead. Early scores. If scores come very early, they can be actually quite a difficult problem for, for a team that gets them. 
uh, all of a sudden here we were, seven, eight minutes gone, three goals, blah, 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 this game is over. Right? Everybody thinks that, and then there's the failure then to add on a couple of points to sort of nail that down. It doesn't take that much uh, to, you know, if a team is, and Kerry Gallo were never out of the game, ever. They were unfortunate, hadn't got a couple of scores, they were certainly still in it, they were rocked by those scores, but they were able to just edge back and edge back and then got their two goals in the second half that, that brought the game completely alive. 1994, when Leeds won the Connacht Championship, you will remember. Seamus Quinn and Martin McHugh came together and dropped the ball in the back of the Correct. net. Correct. Very early on. Oh. But it's the right time to concede a goal. Early on. Because you have time to get back into the game. And Kelly Gallon had time to get back into the game. Of course, you would have experienced of that as well, Derek. I'm going to accuse you of being involved in the game. You may or may not have been in the semi-final in 2000-ish, 2001 maybe, with Leitrim. Against... Against Roscommon, where playing against Roscommon yeah, in the Heights, they, they yeah. scored three goals in the first seven minutes as well. Well, we wanted to lull them into a false sense of security, <laughs> to be honest with you. And then when we had them lulled in, we kind of didn't know what to do after that, but it worked, do you know? So we kind of came back, but that, that was we were talking, I suppose, earlier on about rivalry and all that sort of stuff. Like the Leitrim Roscommon thing is like something that you'll never experience, do you know what I mean? It's kind of bred in that there's that real, I won't call it hate, but it's very close to it. But then still, at the end of the day, you'll, you'd lift a man off the ground. When the game is over, Like it's, it's a sporting rivalry and a bit of fun outside of that. So, um, look at... And, and we, we went have that chat with Colin Regan from that game as well. We, we, we gloss over that. I didn't remember. see it. <laughs> Nobody saw it except RT that evening. Um, in terms of, I suppose, the, the mood in the camps coming into the weekend, what's it like? I suppose you're not really in Anaduff at the moment, don't you? You don't live in Anaduff anymore. No, but I, I always make the joke that I'm in it all the time, but I'm not out in it. So... <laughs> Because I'm, I'm there most evenings. What's the mood though? Because it's been a, a tough couple of years for Anadolf. You've been there, thereabouts, at intermediate level. Well, if you go back, I think Anadolf came down, lost our senior status uh, in 2017, having, having been a senior club from 2001, which was a significant length of time. The painful part of that was we were relegated by uh, our mutual neighbours, uh, ourselves and yourselves. Um, Derek in Barnacoola and that actually added to the pain of it but um, we did get to the final in 18 could but probably shouldn't have won even though it went to the replay lost in uh, last year to the eventual winners Leitrim Gales um, I think there's there's cautious optimism I think that was probably the best way to put it I think there would be a general thought among the public that you know, maybe Gartlett are the better team, even though we beat them in the in the in the uh, group stages. It was a very nip and tuck 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 game, and Gartlett were clearly missing players, uh, important players. They'll be back. I think uh, I can think of people are quietly optimistic if we can get our team on the field. What's your thoughts, Derek? Agree with that? You think it's going to be Gartlett's day? Revenge for sixteen years ago. I don't think it's about revenge anymore because you have only one player that would have been involved. Um, I suppose from from a personal point of view, it's not revenge, but you're kind of you're you're torn a bit. As much as um, delighted to see Anaduff get into a county final because it adds something. I lived there for fourteen or fifteen years, managed them years ago, and all of them players are still there and they're very nice fellas. They're willing to do whatever you ask them to do. Um, the same as with Gardletra now at the minute. 
So like a lot of them players, they don't know each other. Like we, we, we used to know each other years ago. It's not as close knit as it was, I suppose, with technology, all that sort of stuff going on. Um, the, the, the world is a bigger spot. But then we would be confident, to be honest. We played, um, we played a game against Drummer Hare that the second half of it and the, the extra time was probably some of the best football that I would have seen from a Gartletra team since Anna Duff bet us in the county final. Now, we didn't turn up that day in 2004. But then we played football that day. We didn't play football several other days. So it's really about, and it's the old cliche, it's all on the day. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, uh, there's, I don't think Anna Duff will fear Gartletra or Gartletra will fear Anna Duff. I think that's but true. whoever turns up and plays football, because there's football to be played, and if Gartletra played a better football, they'll win. If Anna Duff played a better football, they'll come out on top. That's really simple as that. Let's talk about the biggest issue in the room this year in terms of football in general and life in general and it's the coronavirus and the impact it's had on, on our sports. Unfortunately on Saturday evening we'll only have 100 from each side in support and what's the search for tickets like? Have you both managed to get your hands on the, the golden passes? Do you want <laughs> <laughs> the laugh is because we were joking earlier on but I, I, I won't go into too much detail but uh, I've been fortunate to get one and I really didn't think I would given that uh, you know players families and other people were it is agreed that they would they would uh, get them so I've been I've been fortunate and I'm glad I'll be there although I had reconciled myself to the fact that I was going to be uh, trying to watch it on on, uh, on live stream and uh, hope for the best after that and keep my attention to myself you know but and I'll be pacing out here now as I do with with kind of a, a certain amount of anxiety Derek yeah, uh, look at I suppose both um, both clubs and the four clubs at the weekend have been put in a position that's um, I'd sometimes look at it as unfair. Um, but there's an unfair situation that there's only two hundred or a hundred from each club, and both clubs are trying to do it as fair as they can. That's right. Like you can't, you know, it, it's you can't make a great situation out of a bad one overnight. So uh, in 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 regards to like club members got tickets I paid up members some people wouldn't have paid membership wasn't really the biggest thing a long for a long time but it really comes uh, to fruition now that you have your membership paid that you get to an intermediate final and you're offered your ticket you're not scouring the countryside asking here there and everywhere and hoping for a draw so like Anna Duff have great membership we need to improve our membership we have numbers but we need to get money in clubs aren't going to run themselves mm -hmm. I know a great thing at the minute uh, that both clubs are doing with the sponsor a player mm -hmm. and it was the first time I've seen it and I was going okay right 100 euros sponsor for a player it's the only uh, av uh, avenue to actually bring in money to pay for the physios to pay for the footballs to pay for everything that keeps it going we, t we listen to people talking about inter-county football they may not be a championship because we can't afford to pay expenses but in club football, it takes 40, 50, 60,000 a year for the whole lot, underage the whole way up, that people don't realise. Because children and adults, they'll pay with their membership at the start of the year. There's not one more penny asked. Obliged. They're not obliged. They're to not obliged to pay anything for the rest of the year. We have rugby, we have soccer, we have different sports you pay every day when you go. And sometimes, and a lot of the time, there's more thought of them and the GAA are looking for X, Y and Z. So we need to really realise that if we're giving money, it's for, it's, for, it's for our membership to bring the club on. Because like in Leitrim for years, it was mass and football, and maybe the Martin odd time. 
that was about it. He's not like, mentioned in the pub, you know. No, the pub was no, definitely no, in no. there as well. well. Who who would have ever thought that? We'll say a year ago that we would have been told that the pubs would be closed. That's right. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about a hundred people uh, from each side going to watch a game. We're in extraordinary times, and we're not. We're possibly in the, coming towards a second wave of uh, the coronavirus. But this is this. Nobody has a textbook on this sort of stuff. Nobody has it. Is know. it a testament to the county board who get who get grief all the time? Let's be honest. Every time something's wrong or someone can't get their hands on whatever they're looking for or fixtures scheduled, it's always blamed the county board. They're an easy target at times from all angles: supporters, clubs, county players, the lot. Is it a credit that it's run off so smoothly with so little incident to to the the handful of people? And we're probably talking a couple of dozen volunteers here actually make that happen. I think it is, and I think credit is where credit is due. I mean, the county board has done a great job on, on, on all of this in very, very difficult circumstances. And um, I think that one of the interesting things about it is that there's been a general kind of acceptance that the standard of football has been very, very good. And that I think players are enjoying it, maybe to an extent that they mightn't have enjoyed a big, long, heavy year. Because at this time of the year and other times it might be just beginning to, to wilt a wee bit. But no, I think there's a freshness to uh, and. Um, I think that that uh, you know we can learn a certain amount of lessons from it. I would want to say something that Derek mentioned about clubs, GA clubs, both our clubs, and I think we would both agree on this. And every club in County Leitrim is they are at the heart of our communities. In some ways, we kind of the, the the representation, the teams that goes out in the field are the representation of the people of of the parishes that we're from, and there's an intense pride and an intense devotion to those clubs from the people uh, who are members and are involved and you'll see it with colours and flags and best wishes to so and so and good luck to so and so and there's a funny little one I have to say uh, that's on the, the N4 and it says uh, COVID-19 and it up 20. I drove by it the other day and actually yes. had a little laugh about it. Um, Someone in the car didn't get it. We had to explain it, but it was <laughs> it was what it was. They didn't. They weren't football fans, so they're like, I have no idea what that is. What's nineteen twenty got to do with anything? Um, in terms of of the weekend, though, I suppose what can we expect from people maybe who are who are lucky enough to get a ticket or more likely to actually be watching this on the live stream from home? What can we expect in terms of the game? I'm going to start with you, Derek. Good, I suppose um, it's what way would you put it? We've watched uh, semi-finals. Uh, it's a little bit eerie commentary good to get the game going but when you have no crowd at a game the players from talking to them to be honest they seem happy enough there's a little bit less pressure maybe that's where the football is coming from mm-hmm. that that thing of some some players soak in what's what the, the annoyance or the as I like to call it football schizophrenics that are in the crowd that go mental and then go to mass you know, so that pressure is off, and to be honest, as as Donald has said, like some of the standard of football has been brilliant. Yeah. There hasn't been injuries. We haven't seen cramp. Um, it just goes to show that, and I would have seen it on the WhatsApp groups during the lockdown, and players putting up that they were in the gym and everybody doing it. And I said, now this will be interesting to see when we go out to start training. You'll know who was training and who wasn't. And it's absolutely amazing that there was nobody lagging behind. You thought that there'd be some that were hiding. There was nobody hiding. Mm. I think from any club, like, because it's improved as it has gone on. And the, the whole thing that's happening at the minute, the young players and the older lads and the managers in the clubs, 
they realise that we're rural and we need this and Leitrim needs it because like Leitrim made the call to play games behind closed doors and about four days later they were getting slated from a height and it was quite possibly going to be overturned and then the GAA came out and announced it on a Monday did anybody say Leitrim were ahead of the game that were forward thinkers uh, it started a few did to be fair I'd well, not within Leitrim but, yeah, but around that, the country and um, they did but I think, I think they made the right decision for the right reasons yes. and it can't have been easy but I think the way they've managed it at games as well and I know it's a nuisance when you're trying to get in but I've seen people who'd be well established within the sport showing up assuming they're going to get in that they can just a nod and a wink and then this a little battle axe she's amazing on the door I don't know if you've met her to the championship um, but she literally if you don't have a ticket you're not getting in and she doesn't care whether you're Willie Donlan or whether you're um, the, the, the Pope you're not getting in without a ticket and she's just I'm paid for sure, an, awful lot of, an, awful, an awful lot of us before 2004 couldn't get into the powerhouse in Mohol without a ticket, and that'd be Annabelle van Gartletra now, to be honest with you. Well, that's because you were barred, Derek. Uh, <laughs> <look at it>. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we better, before we go off on a complete tangent, we better wrap it up. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in. The very best of luck to both teams. I hope it's a cracking game of football. We'll go for a draw and maybe decided by penalties on the, on the day will be a, a nice way for both teams to finish it. Although, yeah, maybe not. Mm, no. There's two sour faces. <laughs> <laughs> And that folks is all we have time for today. A massive thank you to CrossFit Carrick for the support of the show. The best of luck to everybody taking part in a game this weekend across all of the spectrum. And don't forget, if your sport is not mentioned on the show and you want it to be on the show, please get in touch with us. Our email address is info at leitrimdaily.com. We would love to feature whatever it is that's happening on the sports fields across the county. I'll be back on Monday with a roundup of all the action from the county finals and further afield. And also, don't forget, you can catch all of our player reaction and coach reaction interviews on our youtube channel subscribe over there it's completely free and we'd love to have you on the channel that's youtube.com forward slash leitrim daily i'll be back on monday with the sports roundup show talk to you then